Do you want to start a thriving real estate career, but don't know where and how to start? Do you want to become a successful realtor or investor, but lack the required knowledge and skills? Gear yourself up with the best and actionable advice here on The Real Estate Rundown. Tune in as Shannon Robnett talks with industry veterans about all kinds of asset classes, market trends, challenges, management techniques, and success stories. Listen to informative discussions with valuable tips that will serve as the foundation for your incredible real estate venture. Now, here's your host, Shannon Robnett. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Real Estate Rundown Season 2. And, you know, we like to bring you all different kinds of aspects of real estate and all different entrepreneurs that are doing different things. This time, we've got somebody that's coming to you with a different sort of a business, but definitely from a different location, too. Guys, help me welcome to the show, Tim Hubbard. Good morning, Tim. How are you this morning? I'm doing fabulous. Thanks for having me, Shannon. Tim, I, I've, I've met you several times. We've talked briefly, um, and, and you're doing the short-term rental business, but you're doing it from a little bit different location. Tell us a little bit about where you're at, how you came to be there, and what your business is doing from that location. Yeah, I'm in Brazil right now, um, and I guess I'm I'm down here. I really just like living down here. I was traveling down here for years and also to Colombia. So pretty much split the year between Colombia and Brazil. But you're right. All, most all my business is in the U.S. and real estate. And most of my properties are short term rentals. So, um, so now, Tim, help me understand you're. What, 3000 miles away from your closest property? Where, where's most of your property at? Uh, they're kind of spread out um, California, oh, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. <laughs> okay, guys. So Tim doesn't like to do anything the easy way. Tim doesn't know the easy way <laughs> in his life, right? So it's not like he's got them all in his hometown. He's got them all over the U.S., and he's 3,000 miles away, and it's short-term rental. Tim, how do you manage all of this? I was, you know, I, I guess in a nutshell, it's coming up with systems and things. And so I, I've been doing the short-term rentals for a long time and just learned a lot. I didn't start out doing them from 3000 miles away, but it wasn't too long before I realized that that was a real possibility. And so, uh, yeah, you know, started, I, I started with long-term rentals. I converted a lot of them to short-term rentals. And with the extra income, I just uh, had more financial freedom and decided I liked living in some other places. And so, you know, that's, uh, I, I mean, th that's funny that you say it like that too, because, you know, uh, after going to Robert Helms Gold's retreat uh, in January, and I, I thought I was a goal setter, I thought I knew what I was doing, I really began to understand what a lifestyle by design is. And it sounds like that's what you've done, is you've, you've taken what Robert Helms teaches, what a lot of people teach, Tim Ferriss with the four-hour work week. All of yeah. these guys teach you how to put a system together that doesn't need you to do it. Uh, it's just like, I, 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 I almost get the vision of you doing the short-term rental thing and going, look, ma, no hands, you know, increase the level of difficulty. Let's move to South America and, and just continuing to live that lifestyle by design, which isn't that what we're all trying to get to in quote unquote retirement? 
Yeah, I think those are all uh, those were all great influences for me too. By the way, Four Hour Work Week and and Robert Helms Goals events, fantastic, uh, and it really does get you thinking. For me, I, I discovered early on that I really liked traveling. I lived with a family in Spain when I was in high school for a summer, and I kind of just always wanted that freedom. So I was traveling a lot, and then I discovered real estate. So I'd sort of I was trying to find a way to be able to do all that travel consistently, and discovered real estate. And I discovered real estate is like in the traditional way, right? Like long-term rentals. And somewhere along that line, I was staying in lots of short-term rentals as I continued traveling whenever I could. And I was looking for properties as long-term rentals while I was staying in a short-term rental. And I ran the numbers on the rental I was staying in and you know, what they bought it for and what they were getting. And I'm like, oh my gosh, why, why am I not doing this? And so, <laughs> so uh, then I started doing that. And I guess that was about six years ago, I started converting a lot of properties and, and buying properties specifically for short-term rentals too. So when you're buying properties for short-term rental, and I can, I can just imagine the aha moment, right? You're sitting in, in somebody's <laughs> Airbnb going, uh, uh, really, why am I not doing this? But, yeah. but and I have, I have aha moments like that also, where I'm just like, why, why wasn't I thinking that? But when you're sitting there doing it, are you buying properties with a different thought process for short term versus long term? Or are you buying a property based on the same criteria and just going, eh, if short term doesn't work out, I've got a backup of long term. I mean, how, how are you going through that now that you are firmly entrenched in the short term rental world? What is your thought process with that? Yeah. So I would say it's mostly the same criteria as what I would look for with traditional long-term or multifamily properties in the U.S., but I would change two things. So one is I'm willing to pay a little more per unit for the property to be in a slightly better area. So an area where people can walk to restaurants or they're at least close, a quick Uber ride away from places they might want to see in that city or in that town. So that's one difference. And then the second one, which is a really big one, really important, is, is our short-term rentals even legal there? That's a huge thing. That's true. That's true. So if they're not, uh, or if they don't have, sometimes city doesn't have uh, laws out yet, that's also a little more risky, right? Because they could come out with some that, that changes. So I think it's best to find a place that already has a law in place where you can get a permit. So those are really the two big changes, but everything else pretty much the same, you know? Uh, so you're going into you're going into markets that have identified that short-term rentals are in fact legal. Um, you're doing that due diligence. That's really kind of, if I hear you correctly, that, and you're willing to pay a little bit more because you know that your returns can be higher. And you mm -hmm. also know that while they are short-term rentals, you're in it for long-term. So mm -hmm. cash flow is really your focus, not long-term appreciation or how that market's affected by those kinds of things. Yeah. Am, am I hearing you correct on that? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. When I, when I run the numbers, I always run them two ways. So I'll run them as a long-term rental, then I'll run it as a short-term. So for me, the, at the point where I feel comfortable is, you know, if that property is at least breaking even, or at least making a little bit on the long-term model, then I've, but I have a huge uh, potential with the short-term rental, then I'm pretty comfortable doing, doing that deal. Yeah. And, and so when you're, when you're going through and you're evaluating that, what are you really looking at as far as actual returns that short-term versus long-term can provide? I, I would say like at a minimum, 
I would want the short-term model to be doing three times what the long-term would be. Uh, otherwise, you know, three times amount in rent per month. So if a property was rented for $1,000 a month with a long-term tenant, I would want the short-term rents to, to be around 3,000. And how is it you go about determining that short-term rental um, amount when you're looking at it going, yeah, this looks like a great deal. Uh, rents are a grand. Uh, I'm close to, it, it meets all my criteria. Then how do you take that next step and go, this is why it would be uh, worth this much money? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of tools now. So um, we've got uh, companies like AirDNA, dot co another one called mash visor a lot of uh tool companies that do pricing models that have really good information they basically scrape all the data off the internet from airbnbs and vrbo and homeway and these these different uh otas we call them online travel agencies that that list short-term rentals and so there's a ton of data out there. You can pull up a zip code and, and purchase a inexpensive report that tells you average occupancy um, seasonality, average daily rates, uh, all those types of things. So I usually just use several of those tools and kind of combine them. And as long as there's, they seem to be averaging out around the same numbers, then I, that I feel pretty confident going forward. You know, and that, that's just, uh, that, that, that's funny because as this business of short-term rentals has expanded, so has the tools that come with it but they that, that wasn't around six years ago right i mean they, they were like maybe just getting started but they, they weren't they didn't have data in all the areas you know some some cities they had nothing so yeah it's like every year there are way more tools than there were the year before just making it easier to, to analyze a property but also easier to manage because there's right. tons of uh tools for for that as well so what do you, so when you do that, I mean, you've gone through the selection process, you figured out that this is going to be able to make you money. Uh, now you're, I mean, obviously you're coming to town, you're doing the closing, uh, you're setting it up. Are you, how are you finding your short-term management partners that are going to be handling this like their own while you're gone? Mm -hmm. So there, there's several ways. It depends on, uh, how many properties you have in an area. Like if, if you pick up one vacation rental, for example, it's, you're going to have a really hard time or you wouldn't want to hire someone full-time to, to handle that, right? So you're most likely going to find a professional short-term rental manager, which there's way more than there ever have been. Uh, right. Or Airbnb has something they call a co-host, which are easy to find as well. That's someone that's on Airbnb. They're already familiar with the platform and they are co-hosting other properties. So if I have a few properties in an area, that's a really good place to look, to find a co-host because they make their money off managing. And right. you already know that they have housekeepers there. You already know that they have, uh, you can tell if they've done a good job because there's reviews on their account and you can tell how long they've been doing it because there's because of the amount of reviews. So that's a really good way. I think it's a more inexpensive option too versus just hiring a full out property management company. Right. Uh, but then the, the third way is hiring your own. So most of my properties I have in Tennessee and I have enough there to sustain, you know, to, to have full-time employees. And so in that city in particular, they're helping with the furnishing and the, the housekeeping and, and all of, all of those types of things. Those types. So they're, 
you're you're really plugging into a system that already exists. You're not creating your own system. Uh, I'm I've yeah, yeah. So I'm in three cities right now, and I do it a little differently in each city because uh, the the amount of properties that I have in those cities. So if I only have a few units then I'm going to kind of take the easy way out and hire a professional housekeepers and hire a potentially professional manager. Right now we're doing all that in-house, the management side, but uh, I'm looking at new markets. And when I go into the new markets, that that's where I'm going to start. So I'm going to start looking for co-hosts or professional managers. Uh, the cool thing about short-term rentals is that there's two pieces to the management side. We have, we have the virtual side where people are sending questions, and we can respond to those from anywhere. And then we have the on the ground side, which is maintenance and the housekeeping. So I have my own virtual team of receptionists that are in the Philippines. And I can have properties anywhere in the world. And that same team of receptionists is going to be able to manage those properties perfectly from a, from a virtual side, from a guest reception side. So then I just have to find the on the ground pieces. So there's really kind of two pieces to it. And, and when you've gone through the process, I mean, you, when you talk about your receptionist, they're the ones that are answering when somebody says, when somebody sends you that midnight request, you know, uh, and, mm -hmm. and, and they're, you know, drunk travel booking, right. They, they, they want to, they want to yeah. book your spot and they want the discount and they want all this stuff. The, that is now outsourced to a receptionist that handles yeah. that. And then you're using an online uh, travel or co-host here in the market that you're in. So I'm actually managing all of my properties uh, myself or with my okay. team, my, my team is. Um, okay. But if I were starting a new market, that's a really good option to go for a co-host. Because uh, you also, when you have a couple properties, you usually can't justify hiring a full-time reception staff, you know, to handle right. questions and stuff 24 hours a day. So starting with a co-host option is good, but um, I, I get, I'm at a point where we've got enough properties to justify having a whole team. So yeah, if a phone call comes in, if a message comes in, whatever time it is, it's going to who, whoever happens to be on at that time. That's, that's great. And, you know, so as you've seen, you know, one of the questions I have is, is like a lot of fads, right? So not saying that Airbnb is a fad. I know that it's really seriously causing the hotel industry to totally rethink how it does things. So yeah. that's not what fads do, right? Fads are like pegging your jeans or wearing a mullet like <laughs> yeah. the kids are doing again, right? Not, I mean, not, not, right, not right, that right. you did that, Tim. I'm not saying you did that. Oh, no, of course not. That was <laughs> but, uh, anyway, if, if, for instance, you did, that would have been a fad because then it went away and now it's coming back, you know, 25 years later. Um, but when you look at that, what do you see with the short-term rental market? Do you see this as here to stay? Do you see this as oversaturated? Do you see this as people, you know, bad actors getting into it? How do you view the current uh, short-term rental market and the future of short-term rentals uh, because you have six years of experience in it? Yeah. Um, I think it's it's just growing and growing. And, and for me, especially now, you know, uh, with so many people working from home, for a lot of people, work and travel and life are, are kind of merging. Like we yeah. used to always go to work, you know, so, so people are staying in places. A lot of people don't want to sign a year long lease. Millennials, right. for example, the biggest demographic in the US, like I'm a millennial and we like that freedom a little bit more. 
So I, I, I'm really bullish on short-term rentals. I think it's becoming just a new way. Actually, the, Brian Chesky, the CEO of Airbnb, says that people are not just staying in Airbnbs. They're living in Airbnbs. Right. Uh, and, and their fastest growing segments are longer term stays. So I think it's here to stay. I think it's growing. And like you said, the hotels have noticed, obviously, that really impacted uh, their margins. And so they're building their hotels differently now. A lot of them are built as like, you know, boutique hotels that have little kitchens and things like that in there. So you know, and that's and that's one of the things that I've seen. I mean, I've got a couple of guys that I, I do fairly regular business with and I've checked in on them and, and it's amazing the places that they've been, right? I mean, everybody thinks, oh, it's, you know, we're in, we're in COVID lockdown, right? But not mm-hmm. everybody's that way and not everybody's thinking that way that we need to be locked down. And so I'm checking in on these guys and they're in Europe and they're in Bali and there's all these different places. And they're like, Hey man, they're not expecting me in the office until 2023. So I'm not sticking (laughs) around. Right. Right. You know, and we've seen that a lot in New York uh, and Florida, you know, that, that, uh, that coastal highway is now busy with people moving down because they realize that I don't have to work in New York. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, when, when you think about it, uh, the Airbnb or the short-term rental, you know, Airbnbs like Uber. I mean, it's it's a name and right. it's it's one of them. But how you how you view that is totally changing as well, especially with where you live in Colombia or Brazil, depending on who you owe money to. I think, um, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the reality is you have that mobility, right? I mean, back mm-hmm. to the lifestyle by design, you've created a team. The team is the one that takes care of the thing. You're now adding additional properties to the team, but the team doesn't mm-hmm. change. You mm-hmm. nothing really gets any different. So it's it's um, it is very easy to see where you've seen the value in the lifestyle by design and continue to create that. What would you say to someone that is looking to get into this? Uh, is it is it you know, convert all your rentals and do it all at once. And, and, you know, how, how would someone that, that is in the long-term game that wants to get into this game, how would you suggest they go about doing that? Now that we've talked about some of the resources that are out there and some of the paydays that are there, how would you suggest they go about doing that? I mean, I, I, I think if you already have a property that you think potentially might work as a short-term rental, then you can check some of these data sources like AirDNA to kind of confirm that. And if you do, I say just try it out. I think it's good to do your first one on your own or at least start it up on your own so you can kind of see the process. And I'm sure what will happen, like what happened with me years ago when I put my first one up, the thing stayed booked, assuming it's in a, a spot that works well as a short-term rental, and it's been booked since. And the, the profit margins are just so much higher that that's what I've been focusing on now. And, w- and one of the other nice things about having the higher profit margins is, yes, there is some more work that goes into short-term rentals. We have some extra pieces in there, like guest reception. But if we're making three, four, five times more what we were with the long-term rental, we can totally afford to hire all the help we need to handle these things so that it's not uh, us doing all of these little tasks and stuff. So, so I, I, I looked here in my hometown while we've been talking uh, and, and I jumped on air DNA 
And I looked in my hometown and in the first quarter of 2020, there were 120 active rentals. Mm -hmm. Uh, And today there are 181 active rentals. And it shows that the occupancy has actually increased versus 2020. So what you're saying is actually checking out. I mean, I'm, I'm, I didn't mean to fact check you right here, but it, <laughs> yeah, it actually yeah. is checking out that, that uh, you know, 35% available full time is actually down from uh, 42% available full time a year and a half ago, right? Or mm-hmm. two years ago. So, so we've had increased uh, number of units by a substantial margin. I mean, 120 to yeah, 180 is, is substantial yeah. in two years. And yet mm-hmm. the, uh, the number of, of actual availabilities has come down. So that's yeah. amazing, uh, amazing data. So Tim, tell us a little bit more about some of the other things you've got going. I know you've got a podcast, you've got some other things that you're doing. What are some of the other pursuits that now that you have that time freedom that you're taking on with your Airbnb or with your short-term rental profits? Yeah, I um, I mean, I still really like traveling and kind of diversifying into some other countries and, and stuff like that. Uh, in the States, I got a commercial property recently that um, outfitted for like industrial laundry. And so we've got some industrial size laundry machines and we're going to start offering a pickup and delivery service. It was one to help facilitate all the laundry with my properties. But as soon as that's up and going, we're going to offer it to other people. So that's, that's a different business. It's somewhat related. Uh, and I think it has huge room to grow. Uh, and then in Colombia, I've got a, a real good friend of mine who just finished a development and actually short-term rentals is 818, I think. It's a cool 10-story building. And uh, we're trying to, to negotiate and get, get a hold of a few other lots there to do something similar. So we're kind of in the mix of that. So yeah, all probably real estate related, I guess. But um, Well, you different. found a niche that seems to afford you the freedom that you want. Why, why give that up? But I really love the uh, Tim, I love how you're taking what you're already doing and, you know, finding other, uh, finding other revenue streams inside that same venue. You know, uh, I know that one of the things that uh, people always complain about is, you know, in, in the Airbnb is how do you get all the sheets done at once while the housekeeper's there? Yeah. So now you're solving that problem, making that profitable, and then moving to what's next. I mean, that's, that's really kind of, uh, you know again, creating more revenue out of a single source and then solving your own problem as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how are you planning on running this? Is your same team going to run the, the, the laundry facility as well? Um, Part of them will help. I got to hire new people for that. So they also have great software to facilitate what they call pickup and delivery service. So I've got the delivery van. I got the facility. I've got the machines. Uh, and they have software that can help coordinate all that to where, you know, let's say, you know, I'm starting with my properties, which are going to be bulk kind of loads, but I plan on offering it just to an individual. And I love that it's also a residual income uh, yeah. type source. And they, they say, you know, from the research I've done, if, if you do someone's laundry twice 
or two weeks in a row and they have a good experience, they're very likely going to continue doing that service with you. So I think it, it could be another steady uh, growth. And then, yeah, it totally helps with the short-term rentals. The, the laundry piece is a big uh, obstacle a lot of times with short-term rentals. Yeah, uh, no, it, it is. And I, I know that in my life, I have that same type of a service just for my, my personal dry cleaning. I don't take my personal dry cleaning anywhere. They come to me and it costs yeah, a little exactly. bit, but you know, yeah. it won't be long before Mr. Musk has it so that, you know, uh, a, 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 a driverless van shows up, right. And somebody, yeah. some little robotic thing scurries out the back and grabs your stuff and scurries back in. And, you yeah, know, there's, yeah. there's going to be no, no person involved, but until then, you'll you'll continue to be building that. What do you see? How do you fix? I mean, we all have blowouts, right? And this is the one thing that I think a lot of people ask is, oh, my gosh, but how would you fix that if your main person quit and you're in Columbia? How would how do you how do you deal with that? So it's really good to have backups, you know, especially with housekeepers. So I always recommend having a couple two or even three names that you can call because housekeeping is the biggest one. If you have someone checking in, and you don't have a clean apartment, then you have to cancel the reservation. You got to find them a hotel. So having backups are crucial. And I work with professional housekeepers and I have my own team. So it's nice to work with professional housekeepers because they have a lot of staff, usually depending on the size. So if someone on our team isn't available, we have, a, we have someone we can call the last minute. And, and so... What we've got boiled down out of this is that even with all of these other people involved, all of this virtual team, these extra boots on the ground, all of these things, you're still able to generate three to five times the revenues that you could get out of long-term rentals. Uh, and, and you're still profitable while you're traveling to 70 countries and counting and doing it from a minimum of 3,000 miles away. Tim, what would you say is your, uh, your number one reason that all of this success is happening for you? Um, I, I guess maybe from the beginning, I, I stayed in lots and lots of short-term rentals before I started doing it myself. So I knew a lot of the things to add and, and then also just researching, you know, so before I actually launched my first one, I, I was reading and listening to podcasts and YouTube videos and meeting with people. So just educating ourselves, really, I, th I think that's, that, that's the biggest barrier between us doing anything really is just educating ourselves about it. That's great. So when people want to reach out to you, how, how and where do they find you? I mean, obviously, a permanent address is not something you own, Tim. So let's not, <laughs> let's not kid anybody with that. But how do, they, how do they reach you in the World Wide Web? So, yeah, I have a podcast also. I started a couple of years ago. It's called Short-Term Rental Riches, and it's on all iTunes and all those. And we also have a website called restmethods.com that has a bunch of the resources I use for free. They can also get a an ebook that talks about what, what I look for in short-term rentals. They can get that for free on there as well. Uh, and then they can contact us through there too. So That's awesome. In fact, guys, we'll put that in the show notes, uh, restmethods.com. And then I would suggest, I do listen to, I've listened to several of Tim's episodes uh, because 
as you may not know, Tim, my wife has started doing some short-term rentals in some of the new build apartment complexes that we have because, you know, when you open up an apartment complex, you got 24 units and you have, you know, everybody yeah, move yeah. in at the same time. They're all, you know, they're all renewing at the same time. So we always put a couple in there to kind of offset and get some. Yeah, very that's awesome. That. But, but uh, plus, awesome. you know, we kind of know the landlord, so we know he won't throw us out <laughs> for doing short-term rentals, <laughs> right. right? We know that we're right. approved. That's good. Uh, but but guys, if you want to find Tim, those are both great places to find him at restmethods.com. And then you can check out his podcast, which is short-term rentals, uh, short-term rental riches. And uh, then once you do that, you can play Where's Waldo with Tim and try and actually find where he is at in the <laughs> world as, I mean, do, do you even know where you're going to be next month, Tim? Um, I mean, I, I would say for the most part, I, I'm like half- Colombia, half Brazil. So those are the yeah. best bets. <laughs> so Tim is like a college student. He has no idea where he's going to wake up next month. Uh, <laughs> he just knows Slightly that he's more organized, but he's going to be taken care of. Right, right. So, well, Tim, I really want to thank you for stopping by the, uh, the the real estate rundown and sharing your knowledge. It's definitely something that people love to hear about. Yeah, thanks for having me, Shannon. It's been great. So guys, uh, if you enjoyed this episode or some of our other episodes, be sure and subscribe to the Real Estate Rundown here on YouTube or Spotify. Uh, also, leave us a comment, like us, share us with your friends. We love to hear your comments and we'd love to know what topics you want us to talk about next here on the Real Estate Rundown. So once again, guys, thanks for joining us and hope you have a wonderful day. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Real Estate Rundown. Let these newfound strategies pave the way to start a successful career or a profound rebranding. If you loved everything you have heard, listen to more conversations at www.shannonrobnet.com and be sure to leave a rating, share it with your friends, and subscribe. Until the next episode.